Hey guys, welcome back to Nerd Talk. My name is Jordan Halston. I'm your host. Today we are celebrating a new year and we thought it would be a lot of fun to not only kick off the new year with a podcast, but also start the new year with Age of Ultron. We make a lot of jokes here on Nerd Talk and so thought it would be a lot of fun to have this be the the one episode that kicks off the new year. So I have brought with me Micah, who's always here. We love having you here, Micah. And we have a long time no see, Scott Stedman. It is good to be back in the house of nerd. Yes, love having you guys here. And so as we get this thing started, what are you guys excited to see in this year as we're kicking off? Um, is there anything that you're really, really excited for? Anything that's got you super hyped and pumped up for? Uh, it could be nerdy. It could be not. Is there anything you're looking forward to in 2023? Tears of the Kingdom. That's the only thing I'm looking forward to. What is Tears of the Kingdom? Legend of Zelda, the new Legend of Zelda game. Gotcha. Okay. Next year. And Scott, I hear I thought you were going to say uh, the Mario movie. <laughs> well, anything beats uh, the original Mario movie with Bob Hoskins and John Leguizano. No way. I paid money to go no way. to theater. My son says he wants to watch it. I'm like, dude, here's a trailer. And he goes, that's Mario? <laughs> All right. My quick question real quick, Scott, which is better, Black Ops or Super Mario Brothers? Black Ops all the way. Black Ops all the way. Love it. I'm dark like the night. <laughs> all right, Micah, what are you excited for with 2023? Well, I would be remiss if I wouldn't say like Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, or Guardians of the Galaxy oh, yeah. 3, or, you know, some of the bigger projects that Marvel's putting out. However, <clears throat> you know, they did such a great job in 21 and 22 with the small screen stuff. Um, I'm just excited to see that continued um, with Disney plus and some of the smaller series uh, that are small screen series that they're going to do between Marvel and star Wars. And, um, you know, even DC for that matter, you know, we just, we did black Adam recently and, you know, DC seems to fingers crossed be on the right track. So yeah, I'm just excited for, I think more so for the smaller screen stuff. What about you, Jordan? Mandalorian 3. Oh, 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 I'm so We got to wait until that. like this time next year, <laughs> Yeah, which will fly. Well, yeah. And that's the other thing is like 2022 is here and gone. And it feels like we just started 2022 and we're already in 2023. And so what really gets me, I think, really hyped right now is the continuing story in comics. So 2023 will be a pretty good year for Moon Knight and Daredevil, which I'm, re I'm currently reading. Both are, are phenomenal reads. I actually started Moon Knight because of the series that came out last year. And then along with uh, the comic book club, when we, had, we tried to do that, uh, me and Bama, we, we were like, hey, we should definitely try to get a hold of this character. And he was like, dude, what I've read is amazing. You definitely need to read this. And so I got hooked on the newer series and I've loved it. I think I'm just blown away by the storytelling the the art and i'm really excited to see that i'm also really really hyped for ant-man quantumania um it's Which just funny been, because you told me that the trailer was underwhelming you know i when when i saw the trailer and we went back at black adam and that that trailer that one really felt underwhelming mm -hmm. but the more that i i've started to re-watch ant-man ant-man and the wasp and i'm starting to really do more of like a character study I guess is the best way to say it. The more I just love Ant-Man. Paul Rudd just crushes it. Uh, 
Michael Douglas being Hank Pym was phenomenal. Evangeline Lilly coming in as, as Hope, phenomenal. And I just, I'm excited to see Kang be portrayed in a very menacing instead of he who remains kind of way. Like, I want to see him come in and kick butt, take names. And so I'm really, really excited. And then Jonathan Majors is also going to be the villain in Creed 3, which I am very, very hyped for. Before we started filming, I was talking about Creed 3, and I'm just, I'm so excited. Well, I'm also interested to see, you know, we talked a lot about Multiverse of Madness and how well they did with the multiverse. Um, I'm interested to see how close to the comics they play Kang with the the different variants of himself and how far they play that. You know what I mean? Like how, yeah. how, how deep do they go into that story development? I mean, they can do anything they want, obviously, but like, um, I think what made Multiverse of Madness such a hit was that they didn't get too confusing with the multiverse conversation. So I don't want them I, to do that with Kang either. Yeah, I you know, with the Multiverse of Madness stuff, I think that it was a great dabble into the whole mix and to like start laying foundation. I think the title was not as, I feel like it was a little misleading. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think there was a lot of madness to it. I think it was just Multiverse of Mistroubles. Uh, I don't think it was madness, but I think that as we are continuing this saga, we will hit the madness. And I think that that was the the part that really broke it open. You know what I mean, though? They didn't get super carried away. Like with like yeah. every oh, movie yeah. and project afterwards, you're like, is this in the multiverse? Is this not? Is this a different variant? Is this not? And I hope they don't do that with Kang as well. That's kind of what I'm saying, I guess. Yeah. Well, and we're going to see a lot of Kang in the next few movies. I've already heard that he's probably think i heard he's going to be the villain in fantastic four mm-hmm. when they do that i've also heard dr doom i heard uh it, something got leaked uh back in late october early november uh where doom is not going to be the villain for that movie i heard it's going to be scott steadman it's true yeah. all of it <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness all right so let's go ahead and, and hop in on this this awesome subject that we get to make fun of or just show a lot of love and appreciation to Avengers Age of Ultron. So my first question is, what did you think of the movie? Would you recommend it? So, Micah, what are, you, what are your thoughts? So 2015 Micah would have said no. Um, recently did a rewatch of this and would give it a lot of grace and we joke about it, but I think the more that I watch it, the better it gets. Um, it ages like a fine wine, if you will, if you will. Um, and there's so many nuggets in there. And Jordan, I think I, you know, I called you after I rewatched it and um, just shared with you some of the things that I, you know, recently noticed even, you know, at this point in the game. And one of the things that I noticed, and I think I told uh, a coworker at Miami that, um, one of the things that I noticed and I hadn't noticed before was um, two things. One, at the beginning of the film, um, when Tony's looking around for the scepter, he, uh, <clears throat> um, sorry, Jarvis is telling uh, Jarvis is helping him, you know, locate the scepter, and he goes on your left, and I'm like, oh, on your left, it's there, it's there again. It's a straight callback from Winter Soldier, yeah. Yep. And then at the end of the movie, Tony is referencing. Um, Hawkeye and he goes huh maybe I should build a house in the woods and be just like him 
And guess what he does in Avengers Endgame? He goes and builds a house in the woods and he just he does exactly what, what Hawkeye does. So there's just those little pieces that you don't catch when you're watching it in real time versus what we know now, like in mm-hmm. the future Marvel Cinematic Universe. So uh, something that I appreciate is um, just the nuggets that I find, the Easter eggs. We, we call them various things. Um, 2015 would have said no. 2022, 2023 would have said yes, absolutely. Go back and watch this because there's so much um, information that's in it. Uh, the one thing that I would say, um, if I could be, you know, super picky, I probably would have cut 20 minutes out of this movie because I think it's too long. And I think there's some parts of it that wasn't needed. So that's my little piece of, I don't know. I don't know if you guys felt that way too. I just, even, even now that I appreciate it more, that I've watched it more and I can pick it apart and, you know, appreciate what it's about. I still think it's too long of a film because of the, some, some of the things that they put in it. What about you, Scott? I'd say, yeah, like I would, I would still recommend it. And, and I, I think the thing that when I saw it in theaters, there was such a big, I think there was such a big push for it, not because the first Avengers was good and people really got on that superhero train. But I think at that same time, you also have the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. series and everything was leading up to that. And I can still even remember like the, the final episode of season one, you hear Coulson go, okay, let's call the Avengers. And that was like kind of like the little, the little tiny thread, fragile thread that they had to connect the show to the movies. Um, and I mean, even watching it, you know, even watching it a couple of years back and just, you know, I think it's still a good movie. I think it's still... There's a lot of great moments in there. Um, there's a lot of kind of first things that we see in there too. Um, but yeah, I, I'd agree with Mike. I think it is a little bit too long. And sometimes I wish like, oh, do we really need this scene? Or do we really need to extend this dialogue out? Because it seems a bit unnecessary for what's going on. Do you guys still, would you guys still rate this one like last out of the four Avengers movies we have currently? Yes. Okay. So would I. But here's, here's my reason why. Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame together just, Infinity War is just a straight up comic book movie. That movie has so many comic book references. It feels like you're reading a comic the way that they wrote it. Like it hops beautifully from spot to spot and then if i don't know if you notice it starts to get faster and faster between transitions when they start to all converge together when they hit the the two battles that thanos shows up for it starts to to get faster and faster Mm -hmm. um between scenes transitions and i'm like oh this is really really cool like it, it did everything exactly as it needed to do we're getting each piece and then like it's jumping back and forth and you're starting to see the clock is ticking for the time bomb to go off. And I'm like, whoa, that was really cool. Then you have Endgame, which is, I think it was kind of like a love letter to the fans. That that movie was so beautifully written. Um, and then Jordan, the Jordan, every movie that Jordan really likes is a love letter to the fans. Or it's a love letter to him. I don't know, Scott, what do you think? <laughs> Morbius is a love letter just for, for Jordan. <laughs> it is. Jordan alone. It is. 
So is that a question for this this podcast? Since we're actually talking about Age of Ultron, we make fun of Age of Ultron through every other episode that we ever do. Is this we can't since we can't do that for this episode? Are we? Is this is the time is, for Morbius to shine, <laughs> like a Twilight vampire? Um. Oh gosh. Oh. So so back back to this though. You know, Avengers. Talk. <laughs> Avengers. I I genuinely think that Avengers did so well because it was the first time it brought everybody together and this is a basically a direct sequel to that like this is the first time they all come back together and i think no matter how much you build i don't think it'll ever top the first one and the second or the the third and fourth installments were just i i would say better better than the original but not near as nostalgic as the original and i think that the nostalgic factor will hold it together something else that i appreciated um you know we see them together in the, this this you know uh, a version of you know with the the inclusion of um wanda and pietro but uh not i guess what i'm trying to say is like so we see the original group in the first avengers we see this group again in avengers age of ultron you know with those two additions but then you start to see them kind of like go off and do their own thing this is when Hulk, you know, kind of, you know, this is what sets Hulk up for Thor Ragnarok, right? And this mm-hmm. is, we don't see them actually come back together. And there's a lot of projects in between Age of Ultron and Infinity War, right? And so, like, it's cool to see kind of those early seeds planted as a result of Age of Ultron. Like that, like you're saying, Jordan, it's kind of like the last time we see them together for a while until we get to Infinity War. And then, oh, like you see Cap and Thor on, you know, Wakanda on the battlefield. He's like, oh, you copied my beard. Like it's, it's, it's wonderful to see them go apart, but it's even better to see them come back together. I don't know if that made any sense, but like, I just, there's something that I noticed the other day when I was watching this. Yeah. You know, I think that this movie took a lot of crap in 2015 mm-hmm. because it, we didn't know what was happening next. And this is really the first time that Disney had, complete and total rights to this this avenger stuff like because the, uh the first avengers was the last time that paramount got to put their name on any project they basically did all phase one disney got to basically do the avengers but this was their first sequel that they were fully running the from start to finish kind of piece and i think the age of ultron was a stepping stone in the right direction because phase three was really really good and it a lot of it spun out from this movie and i think that from a storytelling piece it's kind of like i think of it like thor i didn't care for thor for the first time the first few times i watched it but once avengers came out once thor the dark world came out when uh this movie and uh ragnarok and all like every subsequent film that follows Thor got better and better because it had laid enough storytelling groundwork that it became a better movie. And I think that happened here too. Hmm. So who was your guys's favorite character in this movie? Uh, whether it's hero, villain, side character, who, who was your favorite that was on the screen in this movie? Scott's thinking really hard. I am. I'm rethinking really hard. Um, I'll go since Scott's thinking. Uh, that's kind of hard, Jordan. Do you have one picked out already? I do. Okay, go for um, it. Um, 
I think Tony. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say Tony, but I wasn't sure who you were going to pick. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm out of us. I'm the resident Cap fan. I absolutely love Captain America. I think he's a phenomenal character, and he had he had some good development here, but he was not – his development was not in this movie the way it was in the first Avengers in uh, either of his solo outings. Th- this movie didn't give him as much as Tony had, and I think that Tony going from – I need to put a suit of armor around the world. I need to help kind of disband the Avengers. And then the following movie, he kind of does because <laughs> it's, it's civil war. Um, it, I just, I sit back. I'm like this movie, he gained so much. Uh, he learned about himself. He learned about how, what not to do and what to do. He was, he was just, there were so many pieces and Tony brought one of my favorite things to the screen, the Hulk buster armor. Oh my gosh. When, when he, you know, I love when, when they bring in comedy and it feels so just slipped in, not forced. And, and he's punching Hulk and he goes, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. Like I, I died laughing. I'm like, that was great because I could totally see myself doing something like that. Like, like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And like trying to just knock something out, do, do whatever the goal is, the task. And I'm just like, that I, I thought it was just really funny. Scott, did you think I won? I did. I, I did. I, I had to. Re, I had to remember if he was actually in this film. But this is. I. I believe this is the first time we see um, Ulysses Claw, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy Circus. You see Andy Circus, and I mean, as much as everyone loves him as you know, playing in CGI stuff like. He's not a bad actor, and he actually does do a lot of great character work when it's just him. So I really enjoyed seeing him. I really enjoyed his character, not only in this one, but then we see him later in um, in Black Panther, which I thought was really good, too. I think I'm going to go, since Jordan picked Iron Man or Tony, I'm going to pick uh, Barton. Because for this, Solid. for this movie, you get to see for the first time his family – um, more of that character development that you're talking about, Jordan, you know, at this point with cap, for example, that you said that, um, there, there was a lot of character development established for captain America, but he didn't really do a whole lot in this movie, except for the battle stuff. But, and, um, you know, the first Thor movie, Clint was literally just there for a second and he, he was going to shoot arrows. And then, and, you know, the first Avengers movie, he was possessed by the scepter and Loki. And then, you know, he doesn't get much time other than that on the screen. And then this one, you finally see his family and you see his kids and you see, and something I, I guess I didn't realize the other day uh, when I was watching this was when I guess Tony and cap were talking or Tony and Thor were talking. And it was like, when did this happen? And I guess Clint looked at him. He's like, Nick arranged or fury arranged it. And so like he, he was able to, you know, be a family man, which is what he wanted to be. So, um, yeah, that'd probably be my pick. Now, there, I love the character that you chose, Scott, with with being Ulysses Claw and and the way that they kind of set him up. But there's another villain in this movie that we I want to talk about being Ultron. Ultron is not this character that you typically see do comedy and like that human side, like he's a very scary robotic, like I'm going to kill everybody kind of 
mentality. And unless, unless you see where he's Reed Richards, like the, the good stuff or Hank Pym's the good, uh, good robot before he gets mind con- or controlled and all that programming goes wrong. But like the age of Ultron story in comics is where he's this giant murderous robot going on this rampage and like the X-Men have to help. Uh, the Avengers are at it. Like there's all these different characters from the Marvel universe who come in. So did you feel that they did that character justice in this film? Or do you think that they wasted a massive opportunity with the character? I, since Scott's, you know, eating pumpkin seeds, um, (laughs) (laughs) you you look like he was going to call up on the recording. So I didn't want to, I was going to let him cough and, you know, stay muted and whatever (laughs) he's doing, but he's good. Um, I wasn't a huge fan uh, of Ultron. Um, just thought it wasn't. Uh, I got like a Terminator vibe, okay. and I just wasn't feeling it. And even after rewatching it and rewatching it and rewatching it again, I still, I still don't think he's he's up there. We talk about other villains in the MCU, and he just doesn't really do it for me. Mm. Scott, what do you think? I I like. Yeah, I feel like when you think about, especially when you come to an Avengers movie and you're trying to figure out what's a sinister bad guy that kind of leaves that mark. And I felt like Ultron wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I think he did a good job as far as playing the role that he needed to play or the villain, but I just felt like he wasn't as memorable or sinister as some of the other which is which is a shame because usually in the comics it seems like ultron's kind of a big deal and yeah very menacing and just, you know and it can spread and it's just like it's someone you he can't kill because it's just always moving across the interwebs and stuff so it's something like where you kind of get disappointed in, in some ways where you're just like oh Okay, like, do you feel like they used him as a filler because Loki helped set the intergalactic stage with Avengers, and then you don't want to just bring Thanos right in because you you need time to build your cinematic universe. You need to help build them up, tear them apart so that they can come back together. There has to be all those pieces that were in play. Do you feel like when they wrote out the plan and and the path that they were like, we can't bring Thanos in just yet. We still need we still need time. Let's go ahead and throw a big name in, but they didn't develop him properly. Well, I think, I think if you look at all the other movies, like if all the individual films, you don't really have much. I mean, who is the main villain? I mean, besides like Loki, like who is the main big villain that Thor fought in the first movie? Like not really anyone memorable or anything that, you know, you're, going home to mama about you had red skull and captain america yeah yeah scott i get i get what you're saying but then like you get to avengers and it's like you have these big huge you have loki but then he brings all so it's he seemed more of a threat in that one and it seemed like they kind of did the same thing except now we're bringing robots in but there was nothing that kind of tied anything into thanos at all or any type of big intergalactic threat except for finding the scepter and that was it like nothing i just felt like and everything else like even when you go to guardians you have 
Ronan. Yeah, Ronan. And then it just, and but then there's a tie in with Thanos there. So there's always some type of tie in that somehow you could draw a line to connect to Thanos, but you couldn't do it with Ultron, except for Loki and the Scepter. Yeah. And I think, which is, which is a stretch. Yeah. And I think, Scott, like uh, to what you're saying, I think you're exactly right. But like, I think Jordan's right too. I think you're both right because, like, I think that. You know, they want to get to Thanos. The goal is to get to Thanos. They're setting up Thanos. They're obviously going to get to Thanos, but they didn't want to pull that trigger just yet with Age of Ultron, right? And so, like, they kind of got, they kind of booked themselves into a corner, you know, to, to talk wrestling, you know, because Scott's on the show with me. Uh, they kind of booked themselves in a corner because they were like, well, we can't, we can't have another big bag like Kang or like Mephisto or somebody like that at this point because we're, get, we're going to get to Thanos, right? So we had to put somebody in you know, insert villain here. And it's like, who are you going to do? So I, you know, they well, had, and I think that not only did, who are you going to do? Who's going to, who's going to bring in the, the comic book crowd? Who's going to seem menacing enough for us to do that. But I, I also think that this is early Disney that they weren't willing to take risks of making it more horror of like, maybe they're walking down a hallway and Clint turns around and there's immediately an Ultron bot that just rips him out of, out of his spot. Um, or, Scott, or, I thought I thought Jordan was going to say, "Who are you going to call?" Yeah, <laughs> but I, I think you're, you're, you're right about Disney because we had to have the whole Pinocchio reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that was the other thing. That character, I just don't think he should have been funny. I think that they they tried to humanize him, and I know that that was the goal for him was get as human as he could be. So he's basically indestructible as a robot, but but have some type of understanding, but just the way that they handled his character, I'm like, I struggle with that. I also, and this is my next topic that I want to touch real quick in the comics. He's not created by uh, Bruce and, and, and Tony. He's actually created by Hank Pym. And we're going to get to this episode in a couple of weeks with Ant-Man, but do you think that Michael Douglas would have been a great addition into this and did like a flashback that, Hey, I created the Ultron program back in the eighties or, or, or say whatever, say whatever time that Ultron was actually created and be like, Hey, I, I created this program, you know, Tony, would you like to help me and may, maybe have that piece? And then you could have a solo outing where, where Scott Lang comes in, but but do you think that they missed an opportunity by staying true to the comics or do you think that they took the right direction? Uh, I don't know if they took the right direction because I felt like they're still, I feel like they're still trying to tie everything up from the first move, first Avengers into this one and then I don't know where you would have thrown in even if you didn't have Michael Douglas but even if you made a reference or if Tony and Bruce are working on something and they kind of mention it just like a throw off in passing about oh yeah Pimtech or whatnot you know would it make anything different would it make things better I don't think so I think it would have um I think people might have been like, ooh, but I don't think it would have fixed the story or helped the story at all at this point. I think it would have just kind of been a little cool nod for the comic book people, but I, okay. re- I really don't know where they would have went with that. 
especially if they would have eliminated everything from the first movie and just try to build something completely different and not have to involve Loki and his scepter or anything like that, then it may, you know, you could have probably did something a little bit different and might've been, might've made something, might've made Ultron a little bit more sinister if you weren't trying to tie these extra places. Plus I felt like they also were trying to tie in Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver into this too, because they're teasing them the whole time. So it's like, okay, let's throw these two characters in here. And- so, so do you think that there were too many stories happening at once? It's not necessarily stories. I felt like they're trying to add new stuff to existing stuff, and it just didn't mesh well. Do you think they've gotten better since this movie? Like maybe this was the the ground that, hey, we learned how not to do it, and then they've they've gotten better about it. Or because Mike and I talk all the time about how we sprinkle characters in, and do you think that this was not a sprinkling, but like just like throwing it all together in this hodgepodge mess and they've now started to realize, Hey, that's not the way to do it. I think it's two things. I think to answer your question, I think, yes, they have gotten better as far as when there are adding characters in there to make sure they give a little spotlight to kind of give them their moment. Um, And B you don't have Josh Whedon messing everything up again. Like and not, and not necessarily that he messed up. No, no, no. Ultron, I, but I mean, you can see what he did with uh, Justice League. The Justice League. The Justice League. <laughs> well, and, and this is something I've I've said multiple times on this podcast. I don't think you should allow a director to take the helm twice for the same franchise. So, and and, and this is where I, I saw your face. This is what I what I mean by it. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you, if you look at jo- uh, Joss Whedon, you've got Avengers and then Age of Ultron. Yeah. First movie was great. It was a fantastic outing. The second one was lackluster in a lot of ways. You have the Russo brothers who took two different franchises and did two back to backs. Now I will give grace on this one. So the first yeah. one was Winter Soldier, hands down an amazing film. The second one was Civil War. And it ticked a lot of the, the comic fans off because it, it we didn't deserve that yet. That wasn't something that we needed in that moment. You could have easily thrown in Secret Wars. You could have thrown in something a little different because your cast is still small, that things are starting to happen that we're, we're now getting to later. But I'm like, Civil War is something that you don't even really need villains for. Um, I mean, you will in certain areas, but you're not. It, it, you need a massive cast of heroes. And I think that they messed that piece up. Now, a, as a movie without that title, I think was really good. But because it is specifically tied to my favorite comic book event, I think it was trash. Hmm. But then you go in and you see, uh, who was the other director? Taika Waititi. Yeah, Taika Waititi Taika with, um, with Love and Thor. Thunder and Ragnarok. He did phenomenal with Ragnarok. Love and Thunder was, was a hot pile of garbage. And it's like, you know, they're not, they're not meeting the goal with their second outings. Now there are a few exceptions. You've got, uh, who's the guy, uh, Peyton Reed. Has he done, but he did both of the, the Ant-Man movies. Right. And then you have, uh, Oh, what's his name? John Watts. Uh, John Watts did all three of the Spider-Man. He did. He did the Spider-Man trilogy. I think both those guys did phenomenal work and I'm not mad with their, their stuff at all. But there's these guys who come in and they're like, oh, hey, we're, we're, 
we're the bee's knees, we're the cat's meow. Like, no, I'm sorry, you're not. Like, you made a good movie, but your second outing was not great. And then the Russo brothers take over and do basically one really long film being Infinity War and Endgame. Like, that, that's kind of one just and, extended story. And just to uh, push that a little bit, Peyton Reed's also doing Quantumania, too. So he's doing all three Ant-Mans. Yeah, yeah so he's, he's following in and giving a whole trilogy. And, and I'm excited for his work. I think Ant-Man's an unsung hero. But with this, I think, I think Joss shouldn't have had this one. I would have loved to see someone else take the reins here. Oh, did you also know, <laughs> since I just pulled him up, did you also know he directed chapters 10 and chapter 16 of The Mandalorian? I did not. He directed those? Yeah. I know Bryce Dallas Howard did something in there. So. Yeah. Micah, I don't remember the question. But what are your what are your thoughts? <laughs> I don't remember the question either. You and Scott kind of just went on this little side conversation. Uh-huh. Um, so, I think it, I think it was in reference to the um, the villain. Was it still? Were we still on the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're yeah. So we're we're, villain, we're yeah. talking about the villain. Do you think that he? Oh was, no, no, he no! You were talking about Hank and Ant Man and like how. Well, yeah, if if he would have been the creator of Ultron and and all that, do you think that that would have been a good fix? Um, Do you think it could have corrected the story in any ways? So, you know, we're going to talk Ant-Man in a couple uh, episodes, but, you know, I would say no because of how good Ant-Man is. And, you know, we can talk about that, like I said, in another episode about how good of a movie that is and how much you know, of an origin story that is for Ant-Man. And I think they did such a great job with that film. If they would have merged that in with Age of Ultron, I don't think that Ant-Man, A, Ant-Man would have been as good or that would have rectified or helped Age of Ultron. Well, I'm not I'm not saying like, hey, bring Scott Lang in or, or even have Ant-Man suit up. I'm saying like, if you would have had like a flashback of Hank Pym, kind of like how they de-aged him at the beginning of Ant-Man, if he would have been like, at shield working on the I'm ultron still, program. i'm still gonna i'm still gonna say no because okay. I, I wouldn't want them to give that away because of how good ant-man is because of what they did in ant-man with that right and that's so like, that's fair yeah so uh and i and i do think you're right jordan you, you know they have too many stories going on you know they got the twins they've got the original group of the avengers they've got ultron oh oh yeah vision uh vision's gonna show up finally mm-hmm. and then um also another you know seed that's planted early right uh, we brag about how good WandaVision is, but like, you know, how um, Scarlet Witch, what, you know, whatever you want to call her at this point, Wanda, um, kind of goes up to it at the, you know, when Vision finally appears at the, the end of the movie, like, and she's like, she understands him. She gets him. Like, she like really understands, like there's that early connection very, very early on. So like, I, I thought that they, they did a good job with certain things in this movie. It just wasn't pieced together very well. Well, from a, from an overarching story and like <laughs> we talk about the Marvel timeline a lot of times. Right. And it's so like, they're like, Oh, here's the twins. Um, here's vision. Here's the Avengers group. Here's, you know, like all these little s- stories. And, and it must've felt like that this movie could have been five or six different things. And they just put it all in one film and, you know, we got what we got. Yeah, no, I, I think that this movie struggled because they were trying to introduce honestly i think that this movie didn't need to bring in the twins just yet and i don't think ultron should have been the villain 
If I were to go back and rewrite, I think they should have focused on dismantling the rest of Hydra. Would you have put the twins in the Civil War then first? I would have done a completely separate movie. And, and, and let, well, let, let me go back. You know, I think I think I could take the twins in this movie if Ultron was not the villain, because the twins were the twins were so enveloped with the Hydra story, and that's where they got their piecing. Like I think Baron von Strucker and Hydra, and like the final decimation of Hydra, would have been a phenomenal way to 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 do this movie, because the first one Hydra really wasn't there, and then you have Winter Soldier where they're like, oh, hey, here's S.H.I.E.L.D. and, oh, it's actually HYDRA at the same time and, and the, the whole thing just splits and falls apart and all that. And I think that HYDRA could have been a really cool piecing where they're like, oh, hey, we've got to take out certain bases and the twins kind of over the course of seeing the Avengers really trying to do good, I think that would have been a much better story. It would have centralized a, a push on them without having to use Ultron as your piece, because this you have to have an Earth villain on this one. You you're, you don't want to keep throwing galactic villain left and right and left and right. I think if you would have said, "Hey, we got to finish cleaning up the mess that Cap has been dealing with," and Iron Man found out about a, a whole nother organization, but maybe they show their ugly head. Like the Ten Rings comes in, just like a quick like there's a skirmish or something. They're like, "Okay, we got to get to that later. We have to focus here," and maybe they're trying to get. I don't know. I just think that this was way too early to bring in three heroes, a mediocre villain, kill off Hydra in the first 20 minutes. Like it just, there were too many pieces. And I think if you would have just focused that Hydra's our villain for this movie and we're going to, we're going to finish them out. And maybe you even see the red skull come back. Cause I think that would have been a really cool piece. If like he would have just randomly showed up, like they're like, Hey, we pulled him out of time or Hey, the, the space stone took him somewhere and he actually made his way back. And he's just a little bit older. He's still red skull and ugly. Like, I think, I think you could have gone a different way with it. And then you're still having them face basically an army and well, having to figure Pietro. out Pietro wasn't even in the movie very long. And they, you know, they killed yeah, him. And then they, 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 they had to off him. And I'm like, I understand the contract between Fox and, and Disney. Cause at that time it's, it's shared characters and all that. But I think that there could have been a really cool way to use those characters and leave them kind of, if he would have just stepped away at the end of the movie or like got put on reserves or something like that. And like, you just catch notice because it was just, it, it was bound to happen that Fox was going to get bought out by Disney. That, that stuff was bound to happen one day. Because the X-Men movies suck. Well, we have podcasts on those too. So, <laughs> but I, I think that this movie just, I don't think it deserved Ultron. I don't think this movie as, as the sequel, I think it could have been, geared up really really well um to to continue cap story from winter soldier because he's him and sam are going to be i think that would have been cool if you would have seen like hey i have to as we're doing this i caught a lead i got to jump and help uh falcon run over and find bucky we got a lead and maybe he has to duck out for a minute and then you can focus on building other characters into it so i guess here's here's my thing do you feel like that because of them using ultron and then sequentially kind of killing him off. Do you feel like they just wasted a very powerful villain? Oh, yeah. I, I think that when when you look at the phases, I think it would have been really cool to have, because now, now we're at this point where, and Mike and I have talked about this a lot, 
we're in a, a spot where we have cosmic stories. We have like globe trotting stories. We have New York specific stories, like where we're going to see a lot of the, uh, or, or not necessarily in New York, but just like, like your ground level, your neighborhood superheroes, mm-hmm. you're going to have all these different and, and multiverse heroes and all that. You're going to have different tiers. And I think it would have been really cool to have Ultron be a globe global threat that we really have to start seeing some of the neighborhood guys step up onto the Avengers team. And you're like, okay, Spider-Man, we need your help with this. Hey, there's a few mutants that we we know are with the X-Men that would help us on the Avengers. Like we need your help. And I think that Ultron could have easily been a two movie villain, but I think they wasted him. How would you, how good, here's, here's a follow-up question. How would, let's say, you know, right now Kang's kind of being, presented as the main big bad for this next phase. Yeah, saga, phase. whatever. Yeah. Saga, whatever. Do you see potentially the idea of bringing Ultron back and how would, would and how would they do it? Based off everything yeah. we're going to see now. You know, as as we prepped for this, I thought about that uh how how would we see him come back? Because we 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 actually have seen him come back. Um with the Multiverse of Madness. Ultron was there. He was he was the the uh, policing robots that were in the Baxter building, and they were the good guys at that point. They were they looked very different. They looked like something that came out of Doctor Who. But you know, with <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Doctor Who, but I, I know it looked like Doctor Who, and it's one of those pieces that for me, I think that Kang may in Secret Wars bring Ultron back, and it may be that. I'm bringing the best and worst from each planet and from each, each multiverse. And I'm going to throw them all together or whoever, if they bring the beyonder, I think that would be really cool. Um, I I'm going to throw, throw my fan cast just based off of his, his looks alone. I would love to see John Cooper take that one for lead singer of skillet. He just, whether his acting abilities there or not, I just, his, his look looks exactly like an Avengers. Uh, oh, what was it? Uh, Avengers assemble cartoon they did a few years back it, he's got that look and I'm like oh man that would be awesome but I I just think that Ultron will come back eventually I hope it's not James Spader um I want some I want someone who's got a more menacing voice I want someone who's got a little bit deeper of a voice because I, I think that would be really cool if he if he like changes octaves to like really bring it down um I think he had a good they had the good like robotic kind of feel. I just don't think that James Spader was the one. I think they just tried to do too much comedy. And I, I think they need a, a straight up, like I'm a murdering robot. I'm just going to take out the whole, whole planet. Yeah. And I, I think, I think he'll come back. Yeah. Okay. Good. So, so as we, uh, cause we're, we're starting to come in at the close of this episode. My one question that I want to hit real quick is if you could substitute out the twins and vision or, or any of them, if you could substitute and put a different hero into this fold to try and make this a a more fun or a, uh, a better story in your own opinion, who would you add? Dr. Strange. Why? Because he would have fixed this movie. (laughs) Well, okay. Roasted. (laughs) That's, well, at this time, he didn't have the sorcerer stuff, so he, he can have whatever been, he wants. He was just a doctor, Stephen I Strange. Know. 
You asked. You said pull any character and could yeah. do anything. Do you, but why? Why would you want Doctor Strange? Like, what? What would he have fixed about this? Why do you think that magic against Ultron? Oh yeah, he's gonna just throw the throw the finger, the pointer finger up. This is our one shot. You got this. Oh, so we're gonna kill Tony early. Okay, cool. No, he's just gonna <laughs> know how to make the movie better. <laughs> Because he's seen it 14 million times. Yes. Uh, wasn't there rumors uh, of... Well, we've talked in other episodes like early on. Like, Wasn't there rumors of like trying to bring Captain Marvel in earlier? Into this yeah, film? so she was actually supposed to show up at the, the very end of the movie when they open the door and they he basically goes to say Avengers Assemble. Yeah. And they, they pan through. They were supposed to have uh, Captain Marvel in there. But they decided because they hadn't set her up or anything like that, that they were just going to wait, which I think I think that was the good. I think that was a good pick to not bring her in without setting her up. Now, if you brought her in earlier in the film, that's one thing. I know who Scott's going to pick. All right, Scott, who are you picking? Uh, let me get let me guess first. Yeah, go ahead and guess. I'm being sarcastic when I say that. I was going to no. say Moon. I was going to say Moon Knight. No, I was, <laughs> you know. Because uh, you liked that series a lot, didn't you? I did. I would say for me, I think I don't know if I would necessarily remove some things. I think the, if anything I remove, I remove all the jokes. I mean, right at the very beginning of the movie, we start off with the joke, the whole language thing like that, which, yeah, Will, you're not here. But like, that's what set the tone for the whole beginning of the movie was like, you know, you know, Tony's swearing and then language like that started like that's really was the start of the movie of Avengers Age of Ultron. And I understood your thing. It just got too cute. It got too cute when it, and, and I mean, I don't mind humor and I don't mind having some comedic elements that kind of ease the tension. But the very beginning of your movie, that's where you want the tension. That's where you want the action. You don't need any of this like honky dory comedic elements. What I would say is if we if we didn't have Ultron, I would love to see the twins have more of a kind of a role, like especially kind of this idea of being brainwashed and still being under kind of hydra control and just seeing how much damage they can do. And then I think that would have been a nice easier tie-in or setup when we got to um the winter soldier dealing with yeah. Bucky and his mind and, and all that. And I think if they would have kind of played that a little bit more and we didn't have to use Ultron, I think that would have been a little bit more of a better of a movie because you're kind of now dealing more. And, and plus you're already kind of dealing with some of that stuff already in um, Angels and shield. So it's kind of, you know, you're kind of on that whole Hydra kick. kick thing. Yeah, I think, and I forgot to answer this part of it, Jordan, quickly. Um, if I could have took somebody out, I think I would have taken Thor out of the movie. I think I would have, uh, I would have brought somebody else in, but I would, I would have taken Thor out. I think there was too much, too close of a gap between uh, the Dark World and Age of Ultron. If he would have just left after the Dark World and we didn't see him again until Ragnarok, I would have been okay with that. Or if he just showed up at Sokovia for the fight. 
Like no, he, he's like, not oh, even I, that. I, no, I, I would have, I would have just. Okay. Just, I mean, like, I feel like we got a lot of Thor. We got a lot of him, and you know, obviously, he was in his yeah. first movie, his second movie, the first Avengers. You know, he he was in. He had he had for a crying lot of out loud. He was in every Avengers movie. He's in every yeah. Avengers movie. He's in all four of his movies, obviously. Um, well, I I don't know if I could take Thor out, and the the reason I say that is because it's a he, Thor subject. It is a Thor subject. <laughs> um, no, I I think that. He, his role, whether I cared for it or not, set the stage for phase three with part of where he's going, letting us know, hey, there's the Infinity Stones. This is why these things are moving forward. This is what's happening. And I think that that's whether we liked how it was executed or not. I think that he played a very important part to it. I think that Iron Man just took a lot of the, the show on this one. Mm-hmm. I think that between him and Barton, there was just so much storytelling. And then we had the weird romance between Hulk and, and Black Widow. And that, that yeah. There was a romance there? Yeah. So, <laughs> I think if I were to throw anybody in, I would say Falcon and War Machine. I think mm-hmm. I would have thrown them a little bit more into the film. Uh, I loved having War Machine kind of help play the the security helping at the end, trying getting people off the, the, the city as Sokovia started falling. Um, I think that that was, that was done really well. And I would have loved to see Hawkeye in there as well. I think that that would have been really cool to have, or not Hawkeye, uh, Falcon. I would have loved to see Falcon come in and be a part of that as well. And just that way they kind of show, Hey, we can help you. We want to be a part of the Avengers. We want to help with this. Um, Cause he, cause Falcon helped with with the the fall of Shield, and so he had he had ties somewhat to Nick Fury, and so I think that would have been really cool for for that to happen. So, but overall, I think this movie's gotten a lot better with with age, and so uh, that's all the time we have for this episode. I feel like we can keep talking about it, but guys, thank you so much for being a part of this, and for all of our listeners out there, Happy New Year again. We're so excited that we're in twenty twenty three, and we will catch you next time here on Nerd Talk. <laughs>